Hi, and welcome to Straight Shot Radio. My name is Johnny Slick, and I'm the owner and head coach at Straight Shot Training. I want to start off by saying Happy New Year to everyone listening. So how are those New Year's resolutions holding up after this first week? If you're like most people who make resolutions this time of year, I want to be honest with you. Only 20% of you will stick with it past February. Being a personal trainer for the past 10 Januaries, I know how this works. People have the best intentions to get in shape, lose weight, get stronger, start running, but sadly, 80% of them will fail, and some studies have found that only 8% of people actually end up keeping their resolutions. So why is it so hard to accomplish these goals? Well, a lot of it has to do with how you set your goal in the first place. Today, I'm going to give you some examples of some common fitness goals and how each of them can be tweaked to be a little bit better and then pull it all together to help you create smarter goals for yourself that will greatly increase the likelihood of your success. Let's start with introducing the acronym that we're going to be talking about today. When setting a goal or making a resolution, you need to remember SMART, S-M-A-R-T. The S stands for specific, the M stands for measurable, the A is for action-oriented, the R is for realistic, and the T stands for time-bound. Now there are several variations of this SMART goal-setting model, but they're basically all the same with slightly different language used. So let's start with the S, specific. A common goal I hear from people is that they want to eat healthier. Another one is, I want to lose weight. Uh, I get a lot, I want to get stronger. Those are nice thoughts, but they're far too vague and open-ended, and therefore hard to attain because there really isn't an end goal set in place in the first place. So some examples of a non-specific goal, like lose weight, making that more specific would be lose 30 pounds, if you had 30 pounds to lose. A non-specific goal, like I want to get lean, you could specify this by saying, I want to lose 5% body fat. You can take that goal of getting stronger and actually apply it to some lifts, like I'm going to add 20 pounds to my max back squat, or I'm going to bench press 300 pounds. When it comes to running, rather than saying, I want to run a race this year, make it specific by saying, I'm going to run this race this year. I'm going to run the Baltimore Half Marathon in October this year. Even the goal that we mentioned earlier about eating healthier, even this can be made more specific by vowing to log your daily calories, or even I'm going to log my calories one day a week every week just so I can have an idea of what I'm taking in every day or saying I'm going to eat out less than two times a month. That's not only a good goal for fitness, that's just a good goal uh, financially. Eating out less is going to save you a lot of money. You could also say I'm going to eat a serving of vegetables twice a day. That's something a little more specific than just saying I want to eat healthier. And I don't want to jump ahead into the letters coming up later on. But this is a good time to ask for a trainer's advice or a doctor's advice or have some input from somebody who helps people set goals for a living. The specificity here when you're setting up your goal is going to set up the rest of the SMART acronym. So it really helps to have 
a helping hand in the process of crafting this resolution or crafting this goal, so it's not going to be out of the realm of possibility for you to attain. Moving on to the M, we have measurable. So if your goal is to get lean and lose 5% body fat, you're going to need to see a trainer to get your body fat analyzed. We have to have some way of measuring as you get to that goal. If you don't know what your body fat is to start and you say you want to lose 5%, you don't really know where that number is coming from or what 5% looks like or how many pounds of fat that actually is. So you have to have some way of measuring it. Losing 30 pounds requires that you weigh yourself. And you might actually hear people say you should only weigh yourself once a week. There's a bit of a sidebar here. Uh, people say only weigh yourself once a week, but it's actually better to weigh yourself every day and then find the weekly average. That way you don't worry about daily fluctuations. If you happen to have a bad day of eating and you do your weekly weigh-in the next day and you think you aren't progressing or when you're weighing every day, people think it's bad because, well, some days you gain a little bit of weight and some days you lose a little bit of weight. Yes, but if you understand that it's the average, the weekly average will tell you which direction your weight is going, then you're not going to be upset about those, those gains or losses, depending on what your goal is. So anyway, back to the other goals. Uh, if you have a goal of increasing your bench press or your squat or your deadlift or your strict press, because we made that specific earlier, you're going to need to test your max in order to start out. And then you're going to have to have occasional tests along the way of maxing out on those lifts as you get closer to your goal to make sure that you're actually still progressing. If you test your bench press, then you go off and you do a program of a bunch of eights and a program of a bunch of three reps, and then you do a power program, and then you do a tempo bench press program, and you never test out your max, you don't actually know if you've gotten any stronger on that lift. So that's why we do these tests. You also may want to have a trainer or your workout partner film you when you test your max so that you can critique your form. Because another measurable thing about lifting is your range of motion. Can you squat to full depth? Or can you squat below parallel, so your hip crease below your knees at the bottom of your squat? Or can you straighten out your arms overhead while keeping your abs tight? So not breaking at the midline, arching your back when you go to press overhead. That requires some shoulder flexibility. So if you have somebody videotape you or somebody critique your form, uh, like a trainer or a coach, something like that, that's another metric that you can use to measure your progress. So who knows, maybe your goal isn't just to squat a certain number. Maybe it's I want to squat below parallel every time I squat. That's a good goal to have. So having somebody help you out with that to help you get some type of metric would be helpful for that goal. Now running is an easy goal to measure when it comes to your progress because you're either going to be increasing your distance or decreasing the time it takes you to run that distance. So running is, is a little easier with that one, but you do need to keep track of those things. So keep track of your, of your run times or your run distances. You can also keep track of your heart rate. That's an extra metric you could add in. So if you were running the same distance in the same time with a lower heart rate, you're actually getting fitter. So heart rate training is, is a little more specific when it gets into running. Uh, I've done it before and I really liked it. it. I used heart rate training whenever I PR'd uh, my 5K, uh, the first time I ever got under 20 minutes on a 5K, which I know is not a huge deal, um, but I'm not a runner, so I was happy with it. But I used uh, a heart rate monitor so I could make sure that I was training in the right zones in my training as I got closer to that race. And that was my goal. My goal was to run a sub 20 minute 5k and I accomplished that and one of those things was measuring my progress with using a metric like my heart rate 
Uh, you can also measure your healthy eating by literally measuring your food, weighing your food, logging your calories. And you don't have to do it every single day, but you do need to do it some so you have an idea of what you're taking in. I try to get my clients to do it once so they can get an idea of it. And then as they eat similar meals to that, uh, if that is supposed to be what they're eating, we might need to tweak it up or down, but they end up eating kind of similar things and eventually getting pretty close to those calories, but the more specific you get, the better your results are going to be. You need metrics and data to support your goal. This is how we can actually tell if you're on the right path to achieve your goal or if you need to change something up to actually make it happen. Speaking of making it happen, our next letter is A, or action-oriented. Here's where we assign some objectives to our goal, or make our plan of attack. Because even if the goal is specific and measurable, if you don't have a plan of how to work towards it, the goal is really just a wish. My gym partner, Rebecca, we've had her on the show several times, she has a shirt that says, don't wish for it, work for it. So here's where we get into the actual work towards your goal. So what are the action steps that are going to help you reduce your body fat by 5%? Well, we know you're going to need to probably be in some type of caloric deficit in order to lose weight. And that means knowing what your total daily energy expenditure is or how many calories you burn a day and then eating less than that, just a little bit less than that consistently. Then you're also going to need to plan out a solid weight training program for yourself to make sure you don't lose any muscle mass while you're losing body fat. And if your goal is to lose that 30 pounds, you're also going to need to track your calories. You're also going to need to be on a weight training program, but you might need to add in some extra cardio for additional calorie burn, depending on how fast you're trying to lose that 30 pounds. To get those lift numbers up, you're going to need to find the right strength training program for you, one in which you're going to add some weight to the bar progressively and watch your numbers rise and also have that coach or training partner help you dial in your form along the way so that you can see that number go up. You should know what day you're going to bench, what day you're going to squat, what day you're going to deadlift, what you're doing that day. You can't just freestyle and think that you're going to get that much stronger. It might work if you're a brand new person, if you're just squatting, just starting to deadlift, just starting to bench. But if you've been lifting even for a little bit, you're going to need a specific program to help you reach that goal if it's a strength goal. Now, if you've ever trained for a race before, you also know you need some type of specific running plan with a schedule of what distances you run on what days to help you get ready for this race. Your action plan can also include some other stuff like actually signing up for the race. That's part of the, that's part of the process. You might need to join a running group to help keep you motivated. You might need to buy a new pair of running shoes. You might need to buy a couple of pair depending on how many miles you're going to be putting in between the start of working towards your goal and the end goal whenever that race is. For the healthier eating goal that we specified out a little bit earlier, you're going to need to make a grocery list. That's your plan of attack. You need to know what you're going to pack for your lunches for work so you're not going to be eating out if you forget to pack something that day. So you need to have that planned out. You might need to download a food journaling app and learn how to use that if you're going to be logging your calories daily or every week or something. If you hate vegetables and your goal is to eat two servings of vegetables every day, you should probably plan out some type of vegetable recipes throughout the week so you can stay on track with that goal and not end up like snacking on raw kale because it's green and you know you're supposed to eat your vegetables. So plan of attack, you need to have one. All right, now let's get real for a bit here. And by real, I mean realistic. That's what the R stands for. And 
Realistic goals are often hard to help my clients set because it isn't always what they want to hear. Getting down to 4% body fat for 99% of people outside of the sport of bodybuilding not only isn't going to happen, it's flat out unsafe. However, a guy with 20% body fat or a woman with 25% body fat could absolutely lose 5% body fat and still be at a healthy level for them if that's their goal. Losing 30 pounds is a good longer term goal for a guy who's 5'6 and weighs 200 pounds, but it is absolutely not safe for a girl who weighs 130 pounds. So both of those goals, those weight goals, need to be adjusted to be realistic. And the same happens with your weightlifting goals. If you just started lifting, you might be able to double your bench press in a year. But if you've been lifting for a while, that's just not feasible. If, if your current back squat to is 315, squatting 405 in the next three months is not going to happen. You're not gonna add 90 pounds in the next three months. But you could probably add 20 pounds or 30 pounds. You can go from 315 to 335 or 345. And then when it comes to our half marathon goal, if you've never done a 5K before, you probably don't want to do a full marathon as your first race. A half marathon can be worked up to over the course of a few months, but it's always better to start with some 5Ks, 10Ks, 10 milers to get you used to everything involved in running in a race. I do know some people who have done half marathons as their first race, so it's definitely possible. You just need to be real with yourself if that's the right thing for you. That's where this realistic gets specific to you. Is it realistic? Is that goal realistic for you to accomplish? And also, when it comes to running, I do want to mention running longer races is going to take a time commitment. So add that in too. It's not just a physical thing. It's these things take time. Do you have the time to run some longer distances when you train? When it comes to the strength training goals, do you have the time to put in the gym to be doing a lot of sets with low repetitions, with high weight, with long rest periods. Getting strong, a lot of times these, these sessions last a while. So you need to be real with, your, with yourself when it comes to those. With our healthy eating goal, we had a couple of variations to specify it. But you need to be real with the amount that you're eating and with what you're eating. So a 1,000 calorie a day diet is not realistic. But a 5-10% to 10 decrease below your daily requirement is. You, of course, need to know what your daily requirement is, and you need to track your calories to make sure that you're actually at a 5 to 10% decrease below total daily energy expenditure. Now, eating kale and broccoli and asparagus and unseasoned baked chicken breast and baked tilapia is not going to last very long as a diet. It's, it's not going to happen. And it's not even a scientific approach to dieting. Bit of a sidebar here, but I'm not sure why things have to have absolutely no flavor to be a healthy part of your diet. That's something I think has been been propagated by the bodybuilding community, and a lot of people are still putting this out online that you need to eat brown rice, broccoli, and baked chicken in order to lose weight. That's not how it works. You need to find things that fit your calorie goal, a 5 to 10% decrease below TDEE, which is total daily energy expenditure. Find a TDEE calculator online. There's a ton of them, and they're, most of them are put out by people who have uh, registered dietitians working with their group. Uh, you can do that calculator, figure out what your calories are, figure out what a 5 to 10% decrease below that is, and eat that. You can have things like lasagna or chicken breast with the skin on it or chicken legs or buffalo wings. I'm on a chicken kick. 
I think I'm hungry. Anyway, you can have good tasting things and it fit into your diet. It does not have to have zero flavor. So please, please stop eating just chicken, broccoli, and uh, brown rice to try to lose weight. Uh, when it comes to finding recipes, if you're trying to make your own lunches, something more manageable than trying to uh, eat the same thing every day, which some of us are okay with that. I switched mine up, the flavors of, of the chicken I'm using. I typically eat chicken and rice, and that's funny. We're just talking about that. I'm eating white rice, though. Chicken and rice, then some vegetables, and then I'll switch that up and sometimes have sweet potatoes and uh, lean ground beef or something like that. But find three or four recipes that fit into your calories and fit into your macros, your carbs, fats, and proteins. Find out what you would like to eat for lunch and have a rotation of the things that you like to take with you for your lunch. Uh, my client, Chris, who always enjoys being mentioned on the show, so I'm going to throw this in here for him. But Chris has a rotation of proteins. He goes chicken, lean pork, fish, chicken, pork, fish. So his lunches are a little bit different, and he's able to stay on track because he's eating different things. So I know we've spent a little bit of time on this realistic section of this SMART acronym, but this is a spot where people, without being punny here, people bite off more than they can chew and end up giving up on their goal because it seems so far out of reach. So if you do have big goals, like you want to squat 400 pounds, or you want to run a full marathon, or you need to lose 75 pounds, it's okay to take more than a year to work on this. You just need to start with smaller, more realistic goals that will help you eventually reach that long-term goal. Well, we've got S-M-A-R. Now it's time to add the T. T is for time-bound. Time solidifies your goal by putting a deadline on it. Without time, you don't have a basis for the level of work that you're going to need to put in to accomplish your goal. So losing 30 pounds in six months requires a very different level of dieting than losing those same 30 pounds in 12 months. And the same goes for losing that 5% body fat. Are we losing this by summer or are we losing this by upcoming fall? And with your squat, your bench, your deadlift, your strict press, those strength numbers, putting completion date on when you want to reach those goals helps you stay focused on what you need to do each week to increase those numbers. Now these dates might need to be adjusted, but you do need to make a goal date of some kind. Even with a healthy eating goal, if you're gradually bringing your calories down, you should have an idea of where you want them to be and how much you need to decrease each week so you're not going to be hungry and you still have enough energy to work out. So when it comes to eating vegetables, as funny as it seems, it might help to have a timeline on it as well. So let's say you hate eating vegetables. In week one, you eat one cup of vegetables three times a week. The next week, you do one cup of vegetables every day. The following week, you add another one cup serving at another meal. So maybe at lunch, you do that twice a week. The following week, you bump that lunch serving of vegetables up to three or four times a week. The week after that, you do a cup of vegetables at lunch, cup of vegetables at dinner, and you do that every day. So your timeline is, in five weeks, I will eat two servings of vegetables every day. As funny as that seems to plan it out like that, if you tried to eat two servings of vegetables and you hated eating vegetables and you tried that right off the bat on January 1st, you probably would hate the thought of eating that many vegetables in a day. When it comes to running, your timeline a lot of times is the race. So you know I have to be able to do close to 13.1 miles by October 20th if I'm going to run the Baltimore Half Marathon. 
if you have some smaller goals in between there. So I'm going to do the Lucky Leprechaun 5K for the YMCA. That's down in uh, South County Frederick. So if you want to go start out there, it's a good 5K. It's a lot of fun to do that one. So that's your first 5K. So you know, okay, I need to be able to run three miles by then. So then I'm going to pick a 10K maybe later on in the spring. And then I'm going to try to do a 10-miler later on in the summer so that by fall, I can do 13 miles. You have to have those timelines on things. You can even have mini timelines in between there to help you stay on track. There's a hard truth saying that a goal without a timeline is a dream. So make sure you have some type of of timetable on when you are going to accomplish that goal so it just doesn't end up being just this thing floating out there that eventually you're going to get to. So there we have your guide for creating better goals for yourself. Just make them smart. Make them specific, measurable, action-oriented, realistic, and time-bound. And this goes way beyond just working out and eating well. So learning to set goals like this in other areas will help you accomplish more and stay focused in whatever it is. This is one of the reasons I value fitness so much. It's more than just creating a healthy lifestyle. There are lessons to be learned about persistence, commitment, hard work, and overcoming barriers to success that will actually change how you think about life outside of these gym walls. So what are your New Year's resolutions? Maybe take this SMART model and apply it to them to make them a little bit more focused. But whatever they are, I would love to hear from you and help you out if I can. You can find me on social media using the handle at StraightShotTraining. And remember, it doesn't have to be January 1st for you to start making goals and achieving them. Start today to improve your health and fitness. For those of you looking for a program to help you stay on track, we're going to give you your first month of straight shot training for free just so you can get off to a good start in 2018. This offer is good through January 14th, so head over to straightshottraining.com to get going. With your subscription, you'll get six workouts a week with detailed mobility, prehab, strength, conditioning, and cooldowns with videos for every movement. Plus, you'll get access to a private Facebook group where you can ask me questions and connect with other people on the program and a weekly live coaching video where I recap the last week's training and set up the current week. All of this is free for your first month and then just $21 a month after that. Again, all of the details are up at straightshottraining.com. Thank you so much for listening today and have a great week, everybody.